What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm really excited to be talking to Ivan, who's a co-founder of Parabeek. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, thanks, Matt. Everything's going well. Thank you. Awesome. Great to hear. Well, I'm excited to learn more about what you're working on with Parabeek. For those who haven't heard of your company yet, what are you working on? Yeah, uh, so we're working on a developer tool that helps automate uh, processes between the design and development team. Uh, so the way we do that is we we built a tool that essentially enables designers to take the, their existing design files from like Sketch or Figma, <clears throat> and uh, whenever they want to hand it over to the developer, they just push a button and it basically generates code and integrates it into the developer workflow through a pull request. So. So tell me kind of a little bit about, because um, I'm, I'm personally not technical, so this is going to kind of be a, a, like a softball question, but I'm, I'm still curious to learn more about how this works. How did this work like before, like 10 years ago? What did what did the handoff look like? What did that relationship look like between designers and developers? Um, just so people have context on how far like things have come, like, you know, partly mainly because of like what you're doing. Yeah, so um, previously I used to run a dev shop and so, Basically, what we what we had was essentially designers who were creating sort of the look and feel of the app, uh, and then they would send a Slack message or an email to the developer team, and they just say, "Hey, make this." And so the developer team goes in and they just start implementing code, not fully understanding how everything exactly works. Um, they make a lot of mistakes, and then it just doesn't come out the way that the designer originally envisioned it. And it's really the primary reason why we would miss a deadline. Um, so we got really frustrated with that and sort of wanted to, to, to work on this problem. Sorry, I'm, I did it to myself. I muted myself. Uh, um, so very cool. Um, why did I guess, um, so I guess my next question, it's a very variation of what I just asked, but I, I always ask the question. So that's kind of the origin story. That's how you got started. What was it about this problem that you that you wanted to build a company around? Like I'm, there's plenty of problems all organizations have. Was this one just more painful than others? Is it just most obviously, you know, one that's like low hanging fruit? Like why'd you pick this one out of all the ones you probably found at your shop? Yeah, uh, and, and you're, you're, uh, you're hitting it right on the nail. There was like other internal tools that I guess like we were trying to build back when we were a dev shop. Uh, this was just the most interesting to us because we did see other tools coming out. You, you kind of see like this like low code and no code trend. Um, and it, we don't really categorize ourselves as one of those tools, but uh, we just found, uh, I guess, generally speaking, this this trend of 
trying to get the designer to start owning more of the, the development process really interesting. Um, and, you know, as of today, like, I guess, like, you have, like, these UI UX designers, we can start talking about design, like, uh, architecture design and different kinds of designs when it relates to apps, but at least, for like, UI UX design, um, they don't really speak code as much as an architect design would be. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's pretty much why we why we decided to, to work on this. And I think the second thing, too, is uh, a new framework that came out called Flutter, and uh, we had tried out many of the tools out there. And we just got really bullish on Flutter and wanted to solve the problem specifically for Flutter first before moving on to any other frameworks. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's sort of the, the decision-making process there. Yeah, no, I think it's fascinating just because like every, like if someone's a founder that founds one company, you know, they've had other ideas too. So it's like, why, like what led to this thing, right? But now that you're doing this, I'm curious, um, you know, you were, you were running a dev shop, now you're running a startup. What does your life look like now? Like when you wake up, when you woke up today, other than having a podcast for 20 minutes out of the day, like what do you spend your time on these days? Yeah, so I think it changes every single week. Um, uh, right now I'm, you know, preparing for, um, actually I'm, I'm giving a talk at Developer Week Austin. So I'm actually going to be spending a lot of time working on that this week. Uh, but I think uh, if that was not happening, we, I would be spending most of my time on customer success. Uh, thankfully, we're not fundraising anymore. We just wrapped that up uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, and so, so we're all done with that and uh, really just focusing on trying to uh, make sure users are getting value out of the product uh, and, and growing the company. So. I guess one more question based on something that you, um, that, that you mentioned earlier. Um, so you mentioned there's this rise in no code, low code. I, I love no code, low code as a non-technical person, obviously. Um, and you're not, you said you're not in that category, but do you, um, do you think about like, do you think about just high level markets? Like how do you view the fact that like that's all on the rise and how does that, how do you think about that as like your product making decisions and your forecasting? I don't know. Like, do, do you keep it in mind as you, as you think about the future? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, I like low code, no code a lot as well. Uh, and originally, I, I thought we were building a low-code, no-code tool, <laughs> um, but then realized that we would have to really dive into a lot of the functional pieces that, that make the app work. Uh, and so, like, we're really just generating, like, the components and boilerplate. And, and, and so, uh, yeah, I guess... Uh, Sorry, can you ask the question one more time? <laughs> no, no, I guess, I guess like, it's probably like a not, not a fair question because it's like, but like no code is on the rise. Do you, does that matter as you build your company? Does that, is that ever matter for you? Or is it just kind of gotcha. parallel? Is it just kind of like parallel and it doesn't actually impact I, how you think about building like your product and whatnot? Yeah, so uh, from my experience and as a developer, and I think this is also because I'm a developer, Oftentimes when we start thinking about scaling an application, I think it's really hard to use a, a no-code tool to do that. I mean, there's, there's a, you know, the logic builders and stuff that they're really cool, but I would, I honestly find it easier to write that in code than to build it in, in those tools. Um, and so I was really attracted to uh, just, you know, generating these, these components. And so I, I think we're, we're parallel in the sense that, you know, we're trying to, I guess, give this like low code feature for the, the UI components, uh, but we're built so that you can scale with a developer team. So it's, it's kind of like half low code by, you know, we're generating code and then 
path, like, hey, a developer needs to come in and now make this functional. So um, hopefully that's all. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I just know that there's so many, like, I asked the question because I know my audience and I know there's going to be like, oh, like, like no code, no code. I just wanted to make sure they like, you know, understand what, what this does and what this does and then developers know as well. Um, so kind of but going on this line of just a future and building, go out five years, 10 years, 15 years into the future. What do you, what does this company look like? Um, or I guess in other words, what's the big vision um, for it and kind of what direction are you rowing in? Yeah, so uh, we coined a term, uh, continuous design, continuous integration. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a play on CICD, which is continuous integration and continuous deployment. Uh, we just see this as like a, another iteration of, of sort of making these, these processes in the developer workflow continuous and, and integrated. And so uh, we see ourselves as, 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 a, as a tool that wants to become the, the go-to tool for anything continuous design, continuous integration related. So anything that's automating the design to development process, uh, we want to be there. So you're, you're like, you're almost like creating a category here. And to do that, you'll, you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work, especially to make a whole category. So my question for you is, how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you hiring? You mentioned you're, you just closed your round. Congratulations. Is, but are you looking for customers, beta, anything? How, how can we assist here at forward thinking founders? Yeah. It, first of all, I'd, we'd love to meet as many of you as possible, uh, especially if we can be helpful. Um, we are working really closely with, with customers uh, right now. So we, we have the bandwidth to do that. So anybody that you know wants to explore the, the tool and would like to try it out, like happy to, to chat. Uh, uh, but and that's also like really helpful to us, um, getting more case studies of of, of using the product. Um, what else? Um, currently hiring for Devrel. Uh, we have a really good coach and advisor who's who's going to be helping us um, bring lots of like Devrel expertise in. So we're not necessarily looking for like the most experienced Devrel person, but somebody maybe even if they're a student. Um, I guess a preference would be studying computer science, uh, but if, if they're doing that, that, that would be uh, a good fit for the role. So uh, if anybody's looking for that, yeah, we'd love to chat with them. And for my last question, if anyone wanted to learn more as a potential customer, potential DevRel, um, you know, helper or employee, um, how, how can they find you online? Do you have a website, social media account, email address? How can they find you? Yeah, uh, I'm on basically all my social media channels uh, under Silicon Ivan. Um, and, uh, but I, I, I'm always responsive on my email as well, which is IvanH at Parabeek.com. Uh, unfortunately, both of the co-founders at Parabeek right now are both named Ivan. So. Got it. Got it. Well, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast and best of luck um, building this out and creating a new category. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, Matt. Have a good one.